felt like I'd done this before. I've, I've said it a lot. I'm not a uh, holiday card preacher. I don't preach the, the topic for every holiday that we have, but I looked back and it had uh, been a while since I talked about being thankful, so I thought maybe we'd do that today. Since that's the week that we're going to be going into this week, we're giving thanks today. We're going to be giving thanks later this week as well. Uh, interestingly enough, um, Thanksgiving, as we know, it was established back in the 1800s by President Lincoln. And the full title of what he said was, A Day of Thanksgiving and Praise to Our uh, Beneficent Father. So just a good reminder that this country is based on uh, at least general Christian principles. Um, and uh, we need to encourage to make sure that we continue that um, today as much as we can. It's good for us to be thankful. I think get a lot of head shakes. It's very good for us to be thankful. Thank you. And if we really stop and think about it, there's a tremendous amount for us to be thankful for uh, today. And I think that the topic of being thankful is actually mentioned so often in Scripture, it's very clear that God wants us to be thankful. He tells us over and over again to be thankful through the Scriptures, tells us to be thankful for Him, thankful for the things that He's given us. And this is oftentimes very uh, aligned with the concepts of peace and and patience and things like that. And so I think these things come together and we get the idea, even though we often skip over it, that we ought to be thankful. And that being thankful has something to do with how much peace we have in our lives and, and things of that nature. So like any good father, he wants us to be thankful for what he's done for us. And the reality is he's done everything for us. In fact, James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. It was about this time, the last year, the year before, we probably read that verse talking about how God doesn't change. Talking about how God is a constant through life, and everything good that we get does in fact come from Him. And so we need to remember that during this time. The problem that we have is we're generally covetous people. We, we want things. We see this all the time. We see it in ourselves. We see it when we look around to other people. We see it every time we turn on the news or open up anything on, uh, on a phone or a television. People trying to sell us things because we want things. It's just kind of apparently in our fallen nature to be like that. And the reality is we tend to focus on what we don't have. We go to work thinking about making money so we can get something that we don't have oftentimes. We daydream about things that we don't have. Or maybe in our society, we spend a lot of time focused on the better things that we want. We have a car, but we want a better one. We have a house, we want a better one. We have this, but we want more of it. And I think sometimes we really need to focus on what we do have. And I truly think that when we focus on these things, when we change our perspective... A lot of things come better into alignment with that. I was away uh, for a few days this week and got to talk to quite a few people about their work environments, some of which are better than mine and some of which are worse than mine. But it reminded me as I began to prepare for this with the conversations that we had that what we think about and talk about impacts how we feel about things. And so if we're always talking about the negative and the things that we don't have, what do we tend to dwell on? Well, the negative and the things that we don't have. And really what should we be focusing on is the positive and being thankful for what we do have. 
This is true in every situation we have, whether it's a personal one. You know, if you have a, a problem with someone, whether it be a family member or a spouse or a loved one or a friend, and all you think about is the negative attributes of them, that just builds and builds and builds. But if we think about the positive things that are in this person, the things that we can be thankful for for this person, then we begin to have a different perspective of it. The same is true for our work. Dare I say the same is true for our church. Right? When we think about the good things that God has given us, and you heard a sermon about that recently, and we focus on those things, it changes our perspective of those things. And so I'll just quickly add, if you have a relationship that needs to be mended, someone that you're struggling with, that things are not going well, then rather than dwell on the negative things about that, begin to think about the good things that come from that and the positive things, and your perspective will begin to shift. So I want to look in 1 Thessalonians today for just a few minutes. 1 Thessalonians, the very last chapter, which is chapter 5. So right before Timothy are two smaller books, Thessalonians 1 and 2. We see a couple of verses. They're actually very short. 1 Thessalonians 5, I'm going to read 16 through 18. Verse 16 is very short. Two words, rejoice evermore. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. And verse 18, which is the focus for today, says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We have some very important, very intriguing things to consider when we look at this. The first of all, I want to, I want to talk about this. In verse 18, it says, in everything give thanks. Or another translation might say, give thanks in all circumstances. Now I want to just draw a distinction here. So I'm going to read this again, but I'm going to change one word. Give thanks for all circumstances. As opposed to give thanks in all circumstances. You see, there is a difference, and the Bible was written this way because I believe it is truly the inspired Word of God, and God doesn't make mistakes, and that's not a small or insignificant difference. But I think many times in our lives, we think we're supposed to give thanks for everything that happens. And let's be honest, there's things in our lives that we're not real thankful for, aren't there? There's lots of things in our lives that come and happen to us that we're not really thankful about. We're not real excited about these things happening, whether we have a loved one who passes away or we have an illness or a financial difficulty or a relationship that's struggling or some problems at work. I mean, really, the list is completely endless of things that we might not be thankful for those circumstances. But the difference is we should be thankful in them. You see, that's an issue of a mindset, not necessarily a physical circumstance. And so the idea that I think is very clear here is that we may not be happy about the circumstance, but we should be thankful while we're in it. And those are two different things. So he didn't say give thanks for everything, but he said give thanks in everything. We are challenged to be thankful in difficult circumstances. Now remember, the secret to contentment, if I remember this in Philippians, Paul recorded, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatsoever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. 
And this is a, a great reminder that whether we're full, which we probably will be here in a few minutes, or whether we're hungry, which most of us have probably never truly experienced in the way that most of the world and most of history humankind has been, that we can be content in that and we can be thankful knowing to whom we belong, knowing that the circumstances and that God has everything in control, whether it's really good or seemingly really bad, whether we have great things or we have very uh, little, whether we have plenty or not enough. Whether we are in need or don't need anything, the secret to all this is learning how to be content in Jesus Christ and to be thankful for what he has done for us. So this isn't the typical prosperity gospel that says, well, everything's going to be good and God wants you to have everything you want. And as long as you're happy, then you must be doing something right. It is instead the idea that we should be thankful in all of our circumstances, good or bad, abounding or not, in plenty or in not. And this is really hard to do. And it's really easy to stand up here and to like quote this verse for you and make these quaint little sayings. But I understand, just like you, that this is very difficult to do. And when things don't go my way, it's very frustrating. Very easy to get down on myself. But the reality is God wants me to be thankful in the circumstance. Remember I talked about how we can change our perspective by what we think about. When we are struggling, when we are having difficulty in our lives, we should still be thankful for what? Thankful that God is my Savior. Thankful that I am alive. Thankful that He loves me, that I am His and He is mine. And in those moments, I can be thankful and I can be lifted out of them and content, even in the hard times as Paul was, because I'm being thankful in the circumstance, not because of it. We must also remember that God uses these circumstances to shape who we are. And the entire goal to be a Christian, which means to be Christ-like, is to become more like Him. And so God will use these circumstances, whether good or bad, so that we can grow into Him and become more like Him. And we should be thankful for that. We must also remember the second half of this verse. This is the will of God. Let me read it again. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This isn't something that's just optional. This is what God wants us to do. We are not only to give thanks, but this is God's will that we do it in the good and the bad. There isn't a limit on when this is. It doesn't say, when you're having a good day, thank God. It says, when you're having a good day, thank God, but also when you're having a bad day, when you're just having an okay day. See, the idea is that God wants us to be thankful. He tells us to be thankful, and we have every reason to be thankful when we really stop and think about the circumstances. In everything, give thanks. This is God's will for our lives that we, in fact, would give thanks to Him. The reality is we forget to do it often in the good times, and we certainly don't do it in the bad times, do we? How often do I have good things happen to me or have a good experience that I forget to give God the thanks for it. Quite often, if I'm honest with myself. We always have to be giving thanks. Verse 16 and 17 remind us, remind us of that just before. Rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. That's what we're to do. We truly have a lot to be thankful for. 
Again, it may not always seem that way. We may look around and turn on the, the news or see what's going on around us. We may think we don't have much to be thankful for, but if we really stop and consider it, we really do. We have so much more in our society than we ever have even 50 years ago, those who've been around long enough to remember well 50 years ago. We certainly have more than we could possibly imagine from 100 years ago. Our lives are entirely different. We'd be much better off thinking about these positive things. I want to read Colossians 3.17. I'll try and emphasize, but I want you to notice the thankfulness part. And to be honest, I knew this verse, and I've read this verse. We're probably familiar with this verse, but somehow I seem to have always focused on the other parts of it rather than being thankful. Colossians 3.17 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing um, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And again, I was just, you know, reading this verse this morning and reminded that how many times have I read that passage over and over again? And I didn't realize that three times we're told to be thankful. Whatever it is that we're doing, we are to be thankful in a complete sentence and be thankful. Be thankful with our hearts unto God. That's not just a verbal thanks. It is a heartfelt thanks. It's this idea that I truly believe and know that I'm thankful for the things that I have. And I'm truly thankful to God, not just in a, in a thank you, God kind of way, but to really be truly thankful. The reality is, pulling in another recent sermon, and maybe this is, again, as I mentioned last week, ties many of these things together, although not necessarily my intention to begin with. What is it that we're to be thankful for? Well, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good report, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continuously on these things. That means we should center our mind on them and implant them in our hearts. Brothers and sisters, if you think you have nothing to be thankful for, let us think on the good things. Let us continuously dwell on the good things. But you know what our culture wants us to do? They want us to continuously dwell on the negative. They want us to always get wrapped up in the things that go on. A few years ago, as I understand it, um, I believe it was Facebook decided to change some of their algorithms to reduce what you saw and adjust how you saw things on it. And what they found is that um, the more angry you were, the more upset you were by the content, the more you'd stay on it, the more you would engage with it. So they, they left it in there to purposely get you sucked in and get you angry and enraged and show you something that, that keeps you on there longer. They, they could have gotten rid of it. In fact, they did, but they chose to put it back in. You, again, you know what I've heard? You know why? Because it was a 1% reduction in their revenue. That's how much they think about you. They're going to make you angry and miserable because it increases their profit by 1%. And that's just one company. Why do you think the news shows what it does? Because it sucks us in. 
But the scriptures have clearly taught us for thousands of years that we are to think about the exact opposite of things. We are to think about what is lovely, what is true, what is pure, what is good, what is of good report. These are the things we are to be thinking about. And when we think about those things, what's our natural response? To be thankful. And it changes our perspective. So what are some things that we're supposed to give thanks for, or in some cases in? We should be giving thanks in the trials that make us more like him. The hard times that we go through, the struggles that we have, that remind us and help us to become more like him. We should be thankful in our health. And some of you are going to sit here today and say, well, I'm not real thankful about that. But here's my challenge. Be thankful in it, not because of it. Remember the difference? So this is entirely important. And and listen, the reality is everyone who's sitting here today and listening to me, you're doing all right. You're here and you're alive and you're listening. And really, we should be thankful in that. We should be thankful for the freedom that we have and those who protect it. We should be thankful for the safety that we have and those who help keep us safe. I mean this sincerely, not just because of my profession or the fact that it's like the profession of half the church, but we should be thankful for education and those who educate. We should be thankful for our body of believers, the church, this group, who loves each other and cares for each other and tries to serve each other. We should be thankful in and for our family. We should be thankful in and for the friendships that we have. And as I mentioned, we should be thankful for things that are beautiful. I do want to pause here for just a minute. Again, our world today is trying to tell us that you can't really, well, the world's telling us we can't define anything. But there'll be people who argue about beauty. And I'll confess that can be kind of challenging, isn't it? Because some people find some things more beautiful than others and in different ways. But I do think there are base uh, things deep inside of us, a little bit of us that, of God that he left inside of us that's still not completely driven out by the fall of mankind, that we can all look at a beautiful sunset or a sunrise and say, that's beautiful. And we're to think about those things. When we step outside a few weeks ago and see the changing leaves, we should be thankful for those things and think about how beautiful they are. In a few more weeks or months or I don't know, as cold it is, maybe next week, when it snows, we can look outside and think about how beautiful it is and how thankful we are for it. And we see the mountains or the valleys or the oceans or the rivers, and we see the birds. And even beyond that, when we think about what God has given us the ability to do, when we hear a beautiful song, we should give thanksgiving for that. When we see amazing and wonderful and beautiful art, we should praise God for giving us the ability to do that. When we read amazing books and write things, we should be thankful for that. When we even see buildings that we have the talent and gifts and abilities to carve things out of stone and cut trees and make beautiful buildings, we should give honor and praise and thanks to God for the ability to do that because these are beautiful things. We should be thankful for the senses that we have our touch and our taste, our smell, our hearing, and our vision. We should be thankful for, and we should be thankful in, time. How often are we a slave to it? 
but never thankful for it. We should be thankful in our emotions. Now, they can drive us the wrong way, so we must be careful. But you know, joy wouldn't be as great if we didn't know sadness, would it? At least in this side of life. Peace wouldn't be as wonderful if we didn't know turmoil. And so, no matter what the season of life that you're in, no matter what you are experiencing, again, we should be joyful and thankful in that moment, even if we're not thankful for what we are experiencing, that incident. We should be thankful for sleep and rest. I used to think that was optional. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful in? I really encourage you to consider this week these things. I hope that maybe you have a day or so off of work or something that you can slow down a little bit to think about. I need to slow down and think about what I'm thankful for. And whether I like the circumstances that I'm in at the moment or not, I think about being thankful and rejoicing in those circumstances. And absolutely at the top of the list, most of all, I want to talk about for just a minute, I'm thankful for salvation. Because if we turn and clear all this away, no matter how beautiful things are, no matter how amazing the things are that people can make, no matter how close or good I can have family and friendship relationships, no matter how much money I may or may not have, no matter what type of food I have, at the base of all of this is a God who made me, who loves me individually, who knowing that I would mess this entire thing up, I've been sinning from the day that I was born, and the Bible says I was conceived in sin, and what I think that means is that I am born a sinner, and as soon as I'm old enough to know right from wrong, I choose wrong, and I am therefore separated from God for all eternity because He is a just God who cannot have me around because I am, at, um, I am the enemy of God. That's what the Scripture teaches We are enemies of the ones who made us and made everything. And there is no way out except for the perfect sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And so as we think about the things we are thankful for most, we should almost always, almost always, let me rephrase that. We should always be thankful for Jesus Christ. We should always be thankful that God in His infinite mercy and love sent His Son to pay the penalty that I couldn't pay so that I can be restored to Him so that I can know Him, so that He can know me, so that we can begin a relationship with whatever time I have left on earth and that it would continue the moment that I leave that I get to walk into His courts with praise and thanksgiving saying praise be to God who saved me. I brought nothing into this relationship. There is nothing that I have that is worth it. But God chose to save me anyway. And he wants to save you. And if you've been saved, if you've come and put your faith in him and know him and he knows you, do you know what he's thankful for? You. Do we have any idea how unbalanced this relationship is? He made us. We betrayed him. He sent his son to die for us. We murdered his only son. He had to put all of my sin and the entire sin of the world on his son. He had to crush his son is what the um, 
letter in Isaiah tells us that he had to do. He had to look away from his son. And for the first time ever, he was separated from his only begotten son because of my sin and because of your sin. And he did it because he loves me and wants me just to come back to him to put my faith in him. And even though I've done that, and even though I believed on him and have been covered since 1999, the reality is I continue to go my own way, don't I? We all continue to sin afterwards, and yet he continues to say, come back to me. I love you. I want to know you. I want to be known by you. I want you to know me. We just read a book all about this. This desire that God has for us to know him is real. It's true. It's something that is experienced. It's something that is intimate. And God wants us, even when I don't deserve it. And when we have nothing else in this world that we think we should be thankful for, we should be thankful for that. Thankful for a restored and a right relationship with God. Paul tells us, thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. The reality is I can't even come close to doing justice to explain it. If you have experienced this gift then you know what I'm talking about. I pray that you have. I pray that at some point in your life, God has spoken to you and you've responded in faith and been forgiven. And no matter whatever comes you in the future, you always have something to be thankful for. Because in addition to the fact that he saved me, I can't lose it. Nobody's going to come in here and take it away from me. Why? Because it's not something that belongs to me. It belongs to the one who did it for me. So I can't lose something that doesn't belong to me. So I can always have faith knowing that God saved my soul, that he loves me, that he wants me to be with him. No matter how much I screw up, no matter how much I'm unthankful, no matter how much I'm blind to the thanks that I should be giving, I can always remember that he loves me.